Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport. Your station. Now, last Sunday we spoke to New Louth Chairman Peter Fitzpatrick about his plans for the job, and one of the things he mentioned was setting up a football development committee which would include former Louth players and managers. The makeup of that 16-man committee was revealed on Monday night and it includes former Louth manager Amy McEnany and former players Seamus O'Hanlon and JP Rooney along with Derek Crilly. And another man who's a member of the panel is a former player and manager and that's Colin Kelly. And he joins me in the studio now. Uh, Colin, you're very welcome in. First of all, when did you first hear about this committee being set up? Um, I got a phone call last weekend off, Peter, um, to know what I'd be interested in getting involved and, and, and giving a hand and you know, obviously, I was only too delighted to be asked, and you know, agreed to do it. So we had a first meeting on on Friday evening, which was good. And what are the objectives? I know there's been it's been split into kind of um, a few to four different groups, and you're all going to work on different things. But what are the overall objectives of, of this committee? Do you think, from a loud football perspective? Um, look, you know, people have probably been been negative towards loud football for for a long time, and I'm not talking in in a real derogatory way, but like obviously, does it does a feeling that we're probably you know, not in the place we could be and we probably could improve things a little bit, not necessarily, you know, just at senior level, but, you know, throughout the grades, we probably haven't fared that well at minor. Or I, we got to minor final a couple of years ago. We probably, you know, but we got to Lenstrom 21 final in 2012, but we don't seem to be doing enough, I feel, at that age. And Peter has, you know, identified this as an area he'd like to improve. So it's an area we're going to look at the development of all you know, structures from underage through county up to um, third level, up to 19s or 20s, whichever form it takes in, in the year ahead. You've been involved in late football all your life, obviously as a player and then, you know, as a manager then later on and you've been involved in club football all your life as well in the county. Have you seen, you know, have you noticed a drop in, in kind of um, participation and an interest in that kind of thing in late football over the years? Because it's kind of, I guess it's a hard thing to gauge when you're when you're looking at it on a day-to-day basis. But when you think back to when you were playing and into, into management and everything else, have you seen, have you noticed like a drop off in interest over the years? Um, it's probably it's probably something we actually discussed on Friday night. There was there was Pat Butterley, David Riley, Seamus O'Hanlon, um, Ken Rooney, myself, and and Fitzer in the room that would have played would have played in that era in the nineties. And you know, one of the points that I actually made with the lads, you, you know, from a management point of view of of county team, it's a very intense season now. Like you start like National League start next Sunday, and for the next six months, it's pretty heavy on for for the lads involved with the county with colleges. Um, the you, you know the April month now that's that's puts pressure on them now to come in and deal with the clubs. Whereas back in the day when we were playing, it was three matches pre Christmas, four matches post Christmas, 
you played in the Bourne Cup in May and we played all our games with our clubs, you know, so much so that, you know, some, some, sometimes in, you know, opening the pitches before championship games, whatever, you could play a league match on a Sunday with your club and that, that evening you could play a county match. You, you know, I remember playing in places like Sidon, like the, like the Plunkett's and Drada, like Haggardstown in, in these games and, you know, good occasions for the local community, whereas, that's not really the case now. There's so much demands on these young guys on, on, on their personal life, on their education, and, and they're trying to marry all that together with with, with a real intense um, inter-county career. So it, it's probably more difficult now for them to sustain over a longer period, and you see it on a regular basis now where the, the, the rewards aren't really there in terms of Leinster Championships such, whereas every year we realistically went in with a chance of... of, of you know, competing in the Leicester Championships for beating in semi-finals on a regular basis. Um, played in Division 1, played in Division 2 on a regular basis. So, it's it's a big ask for, for the inter-county player now. So, from that point of view, there probably is a little bit more of a drop-off than there was when we were playing. And even in terms of, like, one of the things that, that Peter mentioned, and, and there was a discussion around that shortly after he came into the job, was the, the GA around the two main kind of urban areas in Loud and Drahad and Dundalk and you know even some spe- from speaking to friends of mine from the county anecdotally like they would tell you that the, the participation levels around Dundalk and Drahad have dropped off massively and that that's one major problem is that something that, that you would be aware of as well is, is that something that you think is a big issue that needs to be addressed in Loud? Ah, it is yeah like it's, 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 it's there for everyone to see like you know going back to when we were playing those street leagues you know, and it was it was competitive at that age. You know, and was, why why did they get done away with? Because I keep hearing about this the street leagues with with, uh, with lads, and it seems like it's something that people want to bring back. Why did that get done away with, or when? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the ins and outs of it, but the, the the minor board was was probably taken under the wing of the Loud County Senior Board, and it was dealt with from there. And we probably done away with the, with the draw the minor board and dark minor board, and and um, so you know, it became an all county league. Um. W- so, so rather than play under eleven, under twelve competitions, now we're playing these regional blitzes, and and you know, look, you can argue to and fro, you know, the good, the bad, but what we don't do is play enough football, and where we're competing with other sports, like if you go to soccer or, or, or rugby, they have a much better thought out plan and playing policy for the younger members, whereas, you you know, take for instance the dreadnoughts where my kids would be playing, like. My son might play, you know, 10 or 11 games at his age a year and their regional blitzes. If you miss one of them through holidays or through illness, you're playing seven, eight games a year. So really, you know, these kids are actually, you know, they're playing to train rather than training to play. So so we need to, we need to enhance these things, definitely. We need to improve the, the playing structures. We need to improve the coaching within the clubs. And it's not just, you know, it's not just a case of, us saying to the clubs listen get your house in order we need to help these guys you know we need to get coaches on the ground we need to get support networks around the clubs that's struggling um, and try to you know rise everything within within the urban communities and, and hopefully you know get a better result from our county teams it's obviously not an easy job anytime you're trying to, to, to make improvements like this across the board. It's, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moving parts involved, I suppose, and it's difficult. I know you've to, um, you know, you're going to meet a few times more and you're going to present your findings to the, to the, uh, county board on the 17th of February. What in the next kind of whatever month or so you have before that, that meeting takes place or that presentation and you present your findings? What are you, 
hoping to achieve in that time? Obviously, it's a short period of time. Are you just going to kind of come to the to that meeting with with your suggestions and what you think should happen? And is that how it'll work from there? So, look, one of the areas I was asked to look at was um, actual coach education for the development squad coaches, and you know, ASL of people that's that's looking after that is is Martin Farley, Alan Page, Paul Aspel, and myself. Um, so the plan is that you know we we spoke amongst ourselves you know just briefly on Friday leaving the meeting and and, uh, went something down the lines of listen if you were a development squad coach what would you like to see happening in terms of resourcing yourself or educating yourself to become a better coach Um, so that's the type of thing we're we're trying to do see can we you know have a look as to ways that we can assist or you know provide a a pathway say for our coaches to become better coaches and upskill them as much as we can. So that's a type of area where we're looking to see can we put something together and we, you know, so we're gonna meet the seventeenth of February, um, all come together with the with the different um areas that we're looking at and, and put some presentations together and then get a feel for it and, and I suppose then put it put a plan in place going forward. It's all very positive, and Peter Fitzpatrick's only been in the job a, a couple of weeks, but obviously things are things are moving in the right direction straight away and hopefully, you know, this will only be of benefit to Louth football. Ah, look, you know, anyone who knows Peter, 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 Peter's very, you know, he's he's a very enthusiastic man. He's he believes an awful lot in his own ability and getting stuff done. And, and in, in fairness to him, he's in already and he's made, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, people's going around now with a smile on their face and, and um, you know, he's, he, 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 he's good people around him. He's, and it's, it's like everything else, the last, the, the last past chairman, you know, they've all done done the bit for loud football. It's not a case of, you know, is, is any one man better than the next? Peter's in. He's as I said, he, he brings an enthusiasm that's that's second to none, and he's, you know, he's 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 pushing hard now to look at the right areas of what we're going to do. And one of the things that he spoke to me about that he'd like to change is is the standard of a football, and he wants to see if there's areas where he can help and address that. And you know, that's what we're looking at now. OK, well, we'll wait and see uh, what comes out of that. It'll certainly be interesting to see if that Football Development Committee can make any progress. Uh, just before we let you go, the leagues are starting next week, as you mentioned. Loud in Division 3 this year. Uh, some tough t- fixtures there. Longford away in the first game, which, of course, uh, won't be too easy. Longford had a good win in the O'Byrne Cup yesterday. Then you've got Tip at home, Offaly at home, Derry away, Leitrim at home, Cork away, and Down at home. Some really tough games in that division, uh, Colin, and more than, than me in Division 1, it's going to be tough to, to pick up points for any team in that in that division. How do you think they're going to fare out this year? Because they'll, they'll be up against it, I would imagine. Ah, they will. Look, it's... it's you know, it's a tough division. All you have to do is look at the quality of teams in there. You've you've teams like Cork, Tipperary played in an All Ireland semi final. You know, two or three years ago, Derry would historically be a strong team that just found themselves probably slipping down the 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 divisions a couple of years ago. Like you talk about Longford, Longford's a really really difficult place to go. Um, you know, they as Mead found out a couple of years ago, of course, in the championship. Yeah, they they you know they they really punch above the weight at times for the size of the county. Um. It's 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 going to be difficult. Um, it will be extremely difficult getting something in Longford next Sunday. But if we could if we could get something, you know, away to Longford next week, it would set us up hugely. The other thing that that is going to influence this league greatly is you know in, in times past you'd probably look like counties like Cork and say, listen, maybe they might have won nine the championship. They have to come out of Division Three this year, you know. So you've you have teams like Cork and Down, no different than ourselves, Cork Down, Derry, Tipperary, you know, they'll be pushing hard, whereas, you know, in the past it mightn't have been, 
you know, a major priority for those teams to push up the Division 2, albeit they do like to get promotion up through the divisions, but this year it's essential that they come out of Division 2, into uh, out of Division 3, into Division 2, so it's going to be tough. There's no two ways about it. Um, I think there's an awful lot of negativity around the, 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 the draw of the ground and, you know, those things in the past about, you know, ex, you know, past man just wanting to be out there. At the end of the day, like, you know, teams have to play in it. We have to play in it. You know, and, and like, I've managed loud teams that have won games in the National League, I think, you know, so I, I think we need to get behind the team rather than criticise where we're going to have to play because it looks very much as if we're going to have to get results against Tipperary, against Offaly, Leitrim at home, down at home. A home, a home game's now become crucial. Um, Longford away is going to be very difficult. Derry away is very difficult. Cork away is very difficult. So it's... It's a tough league, but it's not beyond us. Like last year, we went within a, you know, a hair's breadth of getting promotion. So, you know, hopefully we're positive. You know, go to Longford next week, push on hard to get a result and, and see where we, we, we end up. Yeah, and I guess you're looking at those two back-to-back home games against Tip and Offaly in rounds two and three and the fact that you've got four games at home uh, rather than three at home and four mm-hmm. away, which is, is what me probably believe. But So those four home games, I guess, are what you're going to be looking at to, to pick up the points. As you said, Cork away, Derry away, Longford away are going to be tricky. But uh, I guess, look, we'll just have to wait and see what happens and, and hope for the best in that one because it is going to be tough, as you said, but there's no uh, easy games in any of the divisions at this stage. One final one before I let you go. I was over uh, doing the... Junior final replay last year. Your game was the the curtain raise. I think was it was it a junior two final you were playing in, and I was uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was uh, I was I was preparing some notes for the for the uh, the junior replay, and I looked up and uh, see you were after robbing the keeper and rolling the ball into the net. So you're still able to to poach a goal at, at this stage of your career. Are you are you still going to go again this year? Or is that, mm, was that it? Absolutely not. Um, I took over the Dreadnoughts this year, and I took the junior management team in with me. So there'll be no more phone calls as a new management team place. No, it's just like it look. When you go to clubs like like Clarehead, Clarehead would have had a, a very strong second team in the league, but they would have lost a lot of those players through the championship because you're dealing with small numbers. So, Darren Malone and myself were tasked with, with getting involved, and and Paul Paul Aspel, Dennis Ratton, Porter Califf over the team. So look, it was good. It was good fun. And as I said, I'm still you know paying for it. Me legs and hips and knees what have you but listen good at the time great fun and, and they're tr- well and truly hung up now and you know just look we enjoyed it presentation is in two weeks time now it'll be a bit of a laugh and, and we'll push on then getting on with the season after that they might dig out an old, uh, an old DVD of the match and throw it on maybe as well the highlight reel I don't know but listen <laughs> <laughs> you won't need slow motion anyway that's one thing for definitely <laughs> listen yeah. Colin, thanks so much for popping in and then we'll speak to you again soon and best of luck for the upcoming season yeah that. cheers and just can I wish me ex-plane mate Niall O'Donnell a, a happy 50th <laughs> he probably won't like it but there you go brother-in-law Colin Corrigan's as well I'm pretty sure he won't like yeah. that but we'll wish him a happy birthday indeed as well thanks yeah. so much for popping in we'll take a quick commercial break back after that LMFM Sunday Sport your sport your station Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 